Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated this morning if you can. He's, he's brought me in. He's brought you into his house today. He's brought you into his, his banqueting table today. Oh, our Father. Our Father has brought you into his, his banqueting table today. He's prepared a feast before us today. Yeah, he's, he saw me coming. He saw me coming in my mess. He saw me coming from afar. He saw me in my broken, my broken mess. He saw me in my broken state and he met me. He came running out to meet me like the prodigal son. He came running out to meet me and he fell on me and embraced me. I don't know. Maybe this morning God's come running to somebody this morning. He's come running out to meet you in your broken, your broken places, in your messed up places, in your broken body, in your broken emotions, in your broken mind. Our Father has come and he's, he's come to embrace you today. He's come to put his garment, to put his clothes upon you. He's come to take off the robes of your filth and your brokenness and he's come to wrap his arms around you and place his garments of praise, his garments of righteousness. He wants to wrap his garments of righteousness around you this morning. He wants to kiss you on your cheek. He wants to tell you about his love. He wants to tell you about his mercy. He wants to tell you about his goodness today. My God, like the, like the prodigal's father, he wants to run out to you and tell you. He wants to tell you about his mercy. 
He wants to tell you about the inheritance that you have in Christ. He wants to tell you about the place that he's prepared for you at his table today. Oh, there's a table spread and there's a reservation card with your name on it at the table today. It's got your name on it. It it, it says Tom on it. It says Mike on it. it. It's got your name. It's got Linda on it. Your name. You've got a seat at the table of our God today. Does anybody hear me? You got a, you've got a seat at the table. He's prepared a feast in the presence of your enemies. The Bible says he's He's prepared a feast for you in the middle of your wilderness, in the middle of your dry season, in the middle of the broken areas of your life. There's a table spread. There's a banqueting table, a feast prepared in my father's house. Yeah, there's, there's today in my, in my father's house. He's brought me in. He's cleaned up my scars. He's healed my wounds. He's touched me and changed me. Yeah, his hug, his embrace, it changes me. It changes us. When he comes, when, when the Father comes, I, I'm not talking about religion or a church service or going to just any church. I'm talking about going to my Father's house. When I step in to the Father's house, everything changes. I'm no longer operating according to the old way of life, the, the bondage and the struggles the the uh, you know some of some of you look emaciated this morning you've you've been starving in the world starving in in the lostness and the brokenness and the hurt and the worries and the anxieties but this morning our father has pre- prepared a table for you oh he's prepared a table for you hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to preach this this morning, but it appears that God's going a different direction. The, the Lord is, is my shepherd. He, this is, this is a great picture of, of our father in the 23rd Psalm. What a, what a great picture of our heavenly father that, that he's my shepherd. He's gone before me. He's prepared the way. Our shepherd, our heavenly father has, has gone before us as a good shepherd. And he's, he's watched for the obstacles. He's looked for the, for the, 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 the animals that would come and destroy the sheep. He's made a way. He's a good shepherd. Today, your father has gone before you. And he's, he's been on the lookout for the animals that would come in to steal and to kill and destroy. He's, he's looking for the enemy of your soul that, that would come like a lion to roar and, and, and steal and to kill and destroy. But my Bible says that Jesus said, I have come. The good shepherd has come. The, the father has come to give me life and life to the fool. Yeah, as a sheep in the, in the fold of my father, he wants me to have life and have life abundantly. My, my shepherd, my father has come to make sure that I have abundant life. 
Oh, he's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not led astray by, by false teachers. Yeah, it's other doctrines and passing fads and trends in the church. Don't catch me off guard because the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one that has directed my steps. David said that he's gone before me and he's ordered my steps. To Jeremiah, he said, I knew you in your mother's womb and I formed you, I consecrated you and I set you apart as a prophet to the nation before I was ever conceived God my father knew me and ordered my steps and so when the winds of time come and the landscape changes in the world around us I'm secure in my father's love the Lord is my shepherd God is my shepherd and he's ordering and directing my steps my goodness, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. He's leading me. Yeah, my father, my father, <laughs> only in my father's house. <laughs> in my father's house, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, we're preparing to have a, have a baby. And, and, and I think about baby Asher and what he's going to look like and what he's going to sound like and what kind of lifestyle he's going to have and what God's going to do in his life. And I think about all these details that are going to happen in, in Asher's life. And, and I don't know all those things. I can't, you know, I can't predict the future. I don't know what's going to happen. But my father knows. My, my father knows me before I was ever conceived. He knew me before you ever born in your mama's belly, the sanctity of human life, before you were ever conceived. God knew you and he knew the plans that he had for your life. He knew the steps that you would take. He knew the places that you would go. He knew the circumstances of your life. My father, my, my father, the Lord is my shepherd. Tell somebody next to you, say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's leading and directing you today. No matter what your circumstances are today, no matter what you're facing, no matter what's happening in your family, the Lord is still your shepherd. He's still gone before you. He's still leading the way. He's still leading the charge. He hasn't left you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Just as he's gone after, he went after you when you left the fold. He goes after the one. He goes after the, he'll leave the 99 and go after you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you yeah he came looking our father yeah he stepped into creation and he did it because he came looking for you like the woman with the lost coin he came on a search he came he came looking for you and he came searching out every nook and cranny he came in the earth and he came searching and looking to ordain your steps in righteousness he came looking and searching to pull you out of the darkness and that dark corner corner underneath that underneath that shelf underneath that 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 cupboard he came pull you out of that dark place dust you off that and shine you up that pretty coin like that woman was looking for he came looking for you our father is a good father our father the lord is my shepherd he is my shepherd david goes on to say i 
shall not. What's this say? It says, I shall not. I will not want. Is that what it says? It says, I shall not want. When your father is your shepherd. Uh, oh, this isn't, this isn't a promise that, that your, your bank accounts are going to overflow in millions of dollars and, and you're going to have a Rolls Royce. This isn't what that, this verse is saying. But he will supply all of your needs. We know that. We know that our Father will supply all. Everybody say all. He'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory and Christ Jesus. Oh, if you just think about that for a moment. Think about the riches of our God. Think about the vastness of our Father's house. The the mansions of gold. the, The pearly gates. The streets of gold. Think about the crystal sea that's flowing in that city. Uh, And David said that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He he created the universe and he's going to burn it up and throw it away and start over. Our God has a limitless supply. The the skies, the, 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 the vastness of eternity in the skies cannot even begin to contain him. My God is my shepherd. My father is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. There's no good thing that he'll hold back from me. He doesn't lead me to manipulate me. He leads me to bring me out of my mess and to bring me into his promises. He brings me out of my unrighteousness and exchanges my sin and my guilt and my shame for his righteousness and his joy and his peace. My good God. Yeah, he takes me out of the pit and brings me into wide open spaces. My God brings me out of lack and into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. I wish somebody would help me this morning. My God, this, my father's house, my father, he leads me. My father is my shepherd. I shall not want. When God is your shepherd, there's nothing else that you need. (laughs) When he leads the way, there's nothing that you have need of. Yeah, he'll supply your earthly needs. He'll take care like the, like the Israelites in the wilderness who were grumbling and complaining against him. He took care of every need while they journeyed. It was their fault that they were there in the first place. And, and they grumbled and complained against God the whole time they were there and died in the wilderness. But God still took care of them in the wilderness. Does anybody hear me this morning? God will take care of My Father is my shepherd. I shall not want. I apologize if anyone in the first row is getting a shower this morning. I'm, I'm a little excited. The, the word of God's burning on the inside of me this morning. God is here. He's here. My father is here today. <laughs> Woo! My father's here today. So I'm a little excited that daddy's home. He's here. <laughs> ah, 
yeah, daddy's home. I don't know if anybody gets excited when dad comes home, but dad's home and I'm a little excited. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. (laughs) Uh, He makes me. Daddies have a way of making things happen. (laughs) Our kids can can be going crazy and Heather's trying to corral them and, and dad walks in the room and And mama's just got to say, daddy's home. (laughs) And the problems seem to start shifting. Daddy! (laughs) He makes me lie down. Sometimes we don't want to lie down. Sometimes we don't want to rest. Sometimes we want to keep exploring. We want to keep moving. We want to keep doing. We want to we want to get our we want to worship just the way we want to worship. We want to do what God, you know, called us to do. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. Let's we got to we got to have success. Come on, and we're driven and we got to go and we want to explore the land he's called us to. He's he's taking us out. He's leading us out and and like the wandering sheep that we are, we can tend to get ahead of him. Try to get ahead of our shepherd. We try to move past our shepherd when he's trying to order our steps. He's trying to direct our path and and the Lord is ordering and directing our steps the whole way and we try to move and maneuver around him. But in those moments, he comes and he makes me lay down. I don't know how he always does it, but, but he finds a way to make me rest. The Bible says in Hebrews that there is a rest for the children of God. There is a rest as our God has rested. There is a rest for you and I. Yeah, there's times to explore the land. There's times to get up and move forward. But there's also a time to lay down in green pastures. There's also a time to just be in the moment with Jesus and not get in a hurry. Just be in your Father's house. Stop doing and start being in your father's house. A lot of times we come into our father's house and we, we think we're the, the hired maid. We come into the father's fold as sheep and we're all of a sudden hired to be the ones that have to clean the mansions of heaven. And he's saying, rest. You're a child I've called you my own. You're my child. I didn't call you here to to have... Now, I'm not talking about serving in ministry and worshiping through our service. I'm talking about being in our Father's house. Sometimes we just... We've got to learn to rest and to be in His house with no other agenda. We don't have to try to be the ones that take care of the Father's house. We've just got to learn to rest we gotta, we got to learn to pull to the pasture and say, it's time to lay down in green pastures. There's a time to get up and move, but right now, he's making me lay down and rest. Take note of when your father puts his hand on your back and says, it's time to rest. Take note when the father says, 
it's time to rest. <laughs> I surely don't want him to pull out his rod to teach me to rest. I don't want to have to have the shepherd's crook around my neck saying, rest. Zach, it's time to rest. (laughs) When God brings you into his green pastures to rest, recognize the season that it is and rest. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down. If you have a problem with people falling, here's a good scripture for you. He makes people lie down. (laughs) We don't do it. He does it. He makes them lie down one way or the other. One way or the other, he will make you lie down. (laughs) He will make you. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He doesn't bring you and I to pastures That have been eaten and destroyed by the pestilence. He doesn't bring us into pastures to feast. That have been overrun and eaten by other animals. No, he brings me into the green lush pastures in my father's house. He doesn't bring me to a table of leftovers and crumbs. He brings me to a table that is full of a feast that I can pull up to and feast on him. I can drink of his joy. I can drink of his peace. I can feast on his righteousness. Today, if, you're, if you find yourself in, in pastures that are overrun by pestilence, fear, and anxiety... You've moved out of the green pastures. And your shepherd is searching after you to pull you back into green places. In my father's house, there is a feast. He pulls me into the green pastures where I can can lay down. I can rest and I can receive the nourishment of my God. (laughs) Are you feasting on the Lord today? Are you feasting on the nourishment of God today? Nourishment doesn't just happen on Sunday and you go through the rest of the week and starve. If that's how you eat, you eat on Sunday and and that's the only time you eat, you're going to get really hungry through the week. And you're going to starve through the week. He brings you into green pastures to feast regularly. He brings you into his green pastures to feast abundantly, regularly, be nourished. There's no moderation. You can have your full on the pastures of our God. You can have your full on the pastures. You know those things they put on the horses? That's what, you, that's what you need to look like. Feasting on God. Feasting on the, on the pastures of our God. I'm not talking about putting your Bible up like that. I mean, you know what I'm saying. You need to get your nose in there. And begin to dive in and read it. Feast on it. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. 
Not only does he make me, once he's made me lie down, he then picks me up. My father picks me up and leads me. He leads me. Our father's leading us today. Our father's leading our steps. Our father's leading our direction. Our father's leading your life. He's leading every, every step that you've made. The reason that you're here is because our father is leading you. The, the, reason, the reason that you're doing what you're doing, our father is leading. He's leading and directing your steps today. As a good sheep, just come into alignment with his leading. As a good sheep, we just come into into surrender with our Father. We come into surrender with our shepherd and we let him lead us. We let him take us beside the still waters. He brings us beside still waters so that we can drink of him. We can drink on his, on his river. He is, he is not only the one that has led us to the waters. He's the supplier of the waters. He is the one that brings us to the waters. But he is also the fountainhead and the source of every living water. He, he brings us to himself. Do you see it this morning? He, he brings us to himself. He, he brings us to a place in him where he said if anyone would drink of the waters that I give in him will become a fountain of living water. He, he cried out, if anyone's thirsty, this, these are the waters he's brought you to. Our fathers brought you to these Holy Ghost baptismal immersion waters, the river of our God that's flowing. He's brought you to these waters to drink. And you can begin to pull up to the water's edge and begin to feast. You can go into the water and bathe and let the, let the, the cool streams of our God begin to wash off all of the filth and the dirt and all of the, the effects of the heat from the sun. You just step into the water of God and He begins to refresh you and to bring coolness and refreshing to your soul. Yeah, He, he brings you into sea Seasons of refreshing and renewal in his waters, in his ocean depths. <laughs> he brings us in. Yeah, that's, he leads me. Does anybody hear me this morning? Are, are, you, are you out there this morning? He leads me beside still waters. <laughs> he brings me by the still waters. And he goes on, he restores my soul. You can feast on him, you can drink, and then he restores. You know, when you're, when you're going through life, and Jesus has come and he's found you and he's brought you into his sheepfold, our Father has gone after you and he's brought you into his house, there's, there's effects from life. There's emotional effects. There's mental effects. There's, there's, there's effects in our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. There's, there's effects in our life from sin. Do you hear me this morning? Sin has consequences. Living in a sinful world has effects on our soul. You go down the road and someone cuts you off while you're driving. Sin has an effect on your soul. 
Don't act like you're so spiritual. You, you know what you think when they cut you off. Or maybe you say, and certainly you don't do anything about it. But, but, but there's an effect on your soul. Life affects our soul. Problems, issues, family, everything. And it's, a, it's spinning around us. And if we're not careful, you can get sucked in to the hurricane of life's effects. And, and your soul becomes tormented. If you're not careful. You can, you can be absolutely, you can be a Christian. You can be born again and your soul be an absolute torment because you've not learned how to live in the green pastures and abide by the still waters. Do you hear me this morning? You, you can get sucked into life. You can be born again, but not feasting on the pastures and not drinking from the waters of life. And, and life will happen and your soul is tormented. But blessed be God who gives us a hope. He restores my soul. I may not have been feasting as I should have. I may not have been drinking as I should have. I, I may have been caught off guard by the ravenous beast and the animals around me. And my soul has been affected. But in that, my Father restores my soul. He brings restoration to your, to your mind. Yeah, when, you're, when your mind is, is tormented, when you can't sleep at night and, and the nightmares haunt you and the, and the stories of your past linger in the shadows of your mind, our Father restores your soul. He restores your mind. He can restore your mind, those hurts and those lies and the patterns that, of lifestyle that have been formed around those lies. He restores my soul. Your emotions. Your emotions, when your emotions are out of alignment, our, our, our emotions were created to glorify God. There's, there's nothing wrong with emotion. There's nothing wrong with emotion in church. There's nothing wrong with emotion. God didn't, never said there was anything wrong with emotion. We live by faith, not by our emotions, but there's nothing wrong with emotions. Your emotions were created to glorify God. Did you know that? And when your emotions respond out of carnality, it has an effect. It affects you. When you respond out of anger, it affects you. You feel it. You carry it. You think about how, oh, I should have done that differently. You carry that when someone responds to you out of their emotions and they respond out of anger towards you. You carry that. When someone says something hurtful, it affects your emotions. When someone breaks your expectations, it, your emotions are affected. Come on, somebody. This is truth. I'm trying to help you this morning. Your emotions get affected. When, so, when someone doesn't respond the way you think they should, your emotions get affected. But blessed be our God who restores our soul. He restores my emotions. What does it look like to have restored emotions? When God, you know, our mind, we begin to think the thoughts of Christ. Paul said that, we, that when, when we have the mind of Christ, 
We think on things that are pure, that are of lovely, that are good report. Our mind begins to look like that. Our emotions, when, when they've been restored, what, is, what does it mean? Let me just pause. What does it mean that something has to be restored? It means that something's out of whack. It means that something was intended to be in its original state, but now is over here out of whack. And so when God restores it, he's got to move things back how they were intended to be. How were your emotions intended to be? To glorify God. You were supposed to be full of the joy of the Lord. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you're walking in love, walking in joy, walking in peace. The, Edwards called these things our religious affections. If you've read Edwards, he talked about our, our affections, our spiritual affections, our emotions, and our delight in God. You're supposed to be delighting in God. But when life happens, our delight shifts. When sin happens, we delight in something else other than God. When, when our emoting happens, we're living in the land of our emotions and not in green pastures and still waters. What would your emotions look like if they functioned as green pastures and still waters? I want you to think about that. If your emotions, your mind, and your will that drive that soulish man looked like it lived in green pastures and abided by still waters. Think about that. You wouldn't fly off the handle. You wouldn't make quick decisions. You wouldn't be easily angered or easily offended. Life wouldn't sidetrack you so easily. Why? Because you're resting in green pastures, drinking from still waters, calming, Refreshing. Renewal. Is anybody getting hungry this morning? <laughs> I love this. I wasn't planning on preaching this. This is absolute spontaneous message. I hope you're enjoying it. Verse 3. He restores my soul. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to read the whole thing. we got time. It's Father's Day. It's my Father's house. It's His day. He, my Father, listen. It's His day today. So we're good. <laughs> I know you got plans, but it's his day first. He even said it, it's the Sabbath day, it's his day. If you didn't, you know, Father's Day isn't enough, it's his day, it's Sabbath. <laughs> Y'all don't get mad at me. He restores my soul. He leads me. He leads me beside the still waters, and he leads me in paths of righteousness. How do you know you're following your father? If you're following your father, you're going to start seeing the landscape of righteousness. You're going to start seeing the fruit of the spirit. You're going to start seeing the spices of the garden of our God. If you're walking in the land of righteousness. Oh yes, Song of Solomon talks about the, the vineyard of our God. The apple trees of our God. And, our, and the spices of his garden. And, and, and the, the, the trees of righteousness in Isaiah. If you're walking in paths of righteousness, you're going to start seeing the scenery of righteousness. If your life doesn't reflect the scenery of righteousness, you might be le being led by something other than our Father. Because when the Father comes, He leads us in paths of righteousness. 
Not paths of sin or bondage or discouragement. Not paths of fear and worry. Yeah, if you're walking down a path and you see the dark, you know, it's like in the Lion King where they get off in the, in the area where, what are those, those creatures that eat creatures? The, the hyenas, thank you. They get off in the, in the, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You've seen the movie. You get off in the Lion King and they get off in the raven, ra, ra, the, yeah, the graveyards area, all those places. I don't know how to talk this morning. I, I can talk Bible, but you tell, ask me to talk a video. It's really hard. And anyway, so they get out in those areas. If that's where you're living, if that's what life looks like for you, you have stepped off the paths of righteousness. I'm convinced. I think sometimes we get so focused on where we're trying to go, we don't take the time to recognize where we're at. We get so focused. Well, I just got to make it through life. I got to make it through this week. I got to make it to my next paycheck. I got to make it to this or that or this event or this happening. If I can get to recital, if I can get, and we've got whatever it is, if I can just make it past that. And, and, and we get through that thing and then it's something else. If I can just make it past this date or this happening or this, this particular thing, if I can get past that and then we get there and then it's the next thing. Well, then what's next? And we live that way and that's not how we're called to live. That's not, what that's not the life we're called to live. That, that's not a path of righteousness. If you just take a moment and pause for a moment, that doesn't look like green pastures and still waters. And we wonder why we're such a mess. And every week, pastors got to lay hands on us, and our prayer team's got to minister to us because life's in chaos. Wonder why? Because we're not in paths of righteousness. <laughs> Don't get mad, I'm just helping. <laughs> I'm just as guilty as anybody else is. We have, it's our natural tendency to say, well, I, if I can just do this, if I can just do that. And God said, just, just stop and take a moment to recognize where you're at. Do you see fruit of the Spirit? Do you see oaks of righteousness? Are you, are you seeing the, the still waters of the river of heaven? Are you, are you seeing a land of delight that's flowing with milk and honey? Now listen, I'm not saying that everything is going to be peaches and cream because you're on the path of righteousness. Anybody say amen to that? Just because you're on the path of righteousness doesn't mean peaches and cream. But it doesn't look like the, the Lion King land of destruction in the graveyard. In the middle of the path of righteousness, our Father's leading the way. How do you know when, when hardship comes? When, when tests and trials come? If you're on the path of righteousness, you still see the fruit of righteousness. Your emotions are still being restored. Your mind is still being restored. Your will is in this place of, of restoration, living the restoration life of God. When you're, when you're off the path of righteousness and hardship and trials come, you see fear and anxiety and worry and doubt and all of the things that were of our father, the devil, who we no longer belong to. That's his doing. That's not passive righteousness. 
So when, how do you know if you're off the path? Just take a look at the fruit that surrounds you. Oh, there's a fragrance. I don't know if you've, Zoe and I were, were out, we were getting her birthday cake this week at Handel's, and they have great birthday cakes, by the way. Mmm, ice cream. Anyway, if you want a good ice cream cake, man, that was good. Cookie dough, she, that was what she wanted. And so we go, and we're sitting out outside of Handel's by our house uh, in Stowe, and we're sitting there, and, and there's, we're just sitting there waiting on the ice cream cake, and she looks at me, and I look at her. It was almost simultaneous. We're like, do you smell that? And it was the smell, the aroma of the trees and the plants, and the, it wasn't ice cream. It was... <laughs> Although we could smell that too. But it was this, this a very pungent smell of, of trees and flowers that are around the, the, the store. And it smelled so good. It was like, it, it almost reminded me, and I don't know if it was magnolia. Do you all have magnolias up here? I don't know if we have magnolias up here or not. Maybe a different kind of magnolia. But, but it almost reminded me of the southern magnolia trees, the smell. I mean, oh. And it just, it took me back for a moment of that southern magnolia smell. It's just amazing smell. And it, and it just caught me for a moment. When you're on the path of righteousness, there's a fragrance. Yeah, there's a fragrance. Yeah, you can smell the paths. I'm not, you know, don't think I'm, there, there, there might be a literal smell. There are literal aroma. We have, we've had people smell the presence of the Lord, different things. And that might be happening. But, but more than that, there's an aroma. Paul talked about the aroma of our life. To some, it's a sweet-smelling fragrance. To others, it's a stench. But, but there's an aroma that you carry when you're walking in passive righteousness. If you linger there long enough, it's like those essential oils. You linger around those oils long enough, they get on you, and you walk. We were sitting at the recital, and some, somebody had been using an oil, because I smelled it. It wasn't my wife, either. Somebody, somebody had been using an oil, and I smelled it from three, four. I mean, it was, you could tell it was drifting and that strong pungent smell. When you get in the presence of the Lord and you're walking on paths of righteousness, you're carrying a fragrance about you. When you get around people who aren't on the path of righteousness, they ought to. Have you ever been around a trash can that's got old trash in it? And you walk by, woo, yeah, that's pungent. But, but you have somebody nearby you that's wearing really strong cologne or perfume and you can smell. You smell, it's like the evil and the good in both, in both settings. You know, it's like, whoo, that stinks. Whoo, that smells good. Ooh, ooh. That's what it ought to, that distinction ought to be that clear. When you're around people who aren't on the path of righteousness, there ought to be such a fragrance that's emanating from your life. Why? Because you're in your father's house. You're on your father's path of righteousness and the trees, the fragrances of his righteousness, the fragrance of his goodness, the fragrance of the fruit of the spirit are emanating from your life. Hallelujah. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Oh, I could, we could just wrap up the day here, but we got more verses I want to get through. But, but I, I just want to pause here for, for his name's sake. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue confess. 
The name of Jesus, more powerful than any sickness, more powerful than any disease. The name of Jesus, more, more powerful. The demons tremble at the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. That The Bible says his name is like oil poured forth. The name of Jesus. For his name's sake. He does it according to his name. For his glory, he does these things. For his glory, he's... He pulls you out of the fire. For his glory, he pulls you out of the depravity. For his glory, he comes and searches after you in your lost, wayward state. And he makes you a part of his fold. He brings you into, his, into the Father's house. He, he brings, for his glory, he does it. I was a filthy, wretched sheep. I was, I was a mess. And he came after me and found me and brought me in for his glory. He's cleaned me up. He's put his robe of righteousness, his signet ring on me. He's brought me into the table of God for his glory. I didn't deserve it. I had wasted everything as a sinner, wasted everything he had given me, every blessing that had been poured out on me. I wasted it as a, and in sin. I was bound to that bondage of sin and every blessing, the air that I was breathing, the heart that was beating on the inside of my my chest was wasted on sin. But for his glory, he came after me. For his glory, he put his breath into my lungs. For his glory, he gave me a new heart. He took out my stony heart and put in a heart of flesh for his glory. Yeah, I, I didn't deserve it. I, the very air that I was breathing was detestable to God. But he came and he found me. And for his glory, he changed me. Yeah, for his name's sake. <laughs> Have you thought about that? That's a, that's a powerful thought. To think in your sin, you were wasting the very air that God was given to you. The very creation that was sustaining you was declaring God's detest for you. Because you were living in bondage to sin. And yet in his extravagant mercy, and yet in his extravagant mercy, he came for his glory and ransomed you and redeemed you and set you free. Yeah, my father is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I love this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We relate this to funerals all the time. But the shadow of death is that place of barrenness and brokenness. The place where you lack. When God says, I want you to come into my green pastures and lay down beside the still waters. It's that area of your life where, you, where there's seems to be brokenness and rejection and you say god i i don't i'm not good enough i couldn't lay down in green pastures i'm more comfortable in the shadowlands 
Every one of us, if we're not careful, can go back into the shadow lands. And God's brought us out. Yea, though I walk, even though there are areas of my life that I need to deal with, there are shadow areas of my heart and my life that must be confronted when I go through them. Are you following me? I've got issues. I've got, I've got issues that I've got to deal with. I've got issues. There's, there's areas of death that are still being vivified in my life. There's, there's things that God's still transforming in my life. When I walk through those, what comforts me? What's it say? His rod and his staff. His discipline. His correction. His protection. Comfort me. Don't get quiet on me this morning. When God takes us through those areas that need new life. That need to begin to flourish. And produce abundance and look like the path of righteousness that we're called to live on. When he takes me through those areas and begins to pry back the onion layers of our heart and reveal those those his rod, his protection, his discipline, his correction, they comfort me. Most of us run from discipline and correction. You can see it, you learn it as a child. When daddy comes in to whoop, to connect your gluteus maximus with your cerebral cortex. It's, it, when, when things have to make, come into alignment and it happens through a, a, a physical motion to the backside of your child's body. When that happens, what do they do? They know it's coming and they run. They don't want the whooping, right? And, and it's painful, Daddy, that hurt. It should. What's really bad is when they say, that didn't hurt. You're like, oh, I'll make it hurt. (laughs) You know, that's, and early, we run. We run from correction. We run from discipline. We don't like it. It's uncomfortable. But his rod, David said, his rod and his staff they comfort me. It might, it might be a little uh, hurtful. It might be a little challenging. But the Lord loves those whom he disciplines. And so I, I know that when my father comes with correction and my father comes with discipline, I know that it's because he loves me and he's changing me. He doesn't want me to run from him. He doesn't want me to become a wayward sheep. He wants me to stay right in the fold and be comforted that he loves me and he's keeping me safe. He realizes that in those death valleys, it's really easy to walk off the side of a mountain. It's really easy to find an animal that wants to devour me. It's in those places that it would be really easy to just throw in the towel and say, I give up. 
This is this Christianity thing's too hard, and he requires too much. And, and you know, me getting on the altar, the being a living sacrifice, is just too hard. He comes in those moments and he knows for our own safety and our protection that his rod and his staff, his correction and his protection have to come and keep us on the path. It might be a little challenging and hurtful, but but they comfort me. I know that when he disciplines me, when the trial happens or the testing of my faith happens or or when he comes and, and corrects me, when my pastor corrects me, uh-oh, or when a leader challenges me or someone says something that maybe is challenging for me, maybe in that moment it's not someone that hates me and Jesus isn't out to get me. Maybe it's because he wants to change me and keep me safe. Maybe God wants to keep you safe. Here's a hint. If God's speaking to you and your spirit man about something and your maybe pastor or leader says something and you hear it in church on Sunday and you read it in your devotional during the week, maybe God's speaking. (laughs) You might want to (laughs) listen. I know that that's earth shattering. In the shadow of death, he's, you know, I find that, that God is Always, our Father is not one to reject us, to bring us into a place and leave us. He's always willing to speak. We've just got to be willing to listen. Our Father's always willing to comfort us and bring direction, bring correction when we need it, to lead us in paths of righteousness. We've just got to be willing to surrender, and to listen. Have you ever had your child just constantly tell you how, you how they needed to live or what they needed to do? Your child all, you know, they know best. Has anybody ever had that experience? Or are we the only parents? Is it, I mean, good grief. There's parents in the house, right? How many of you have kids that want to tell you what to do and how they need to do it? They know it all. You can raise your hand. Yeah, they know it all. And at some point as a parent, you just kind of sit back and you say, okay, when you're ready to listen, when you're ready to listen, I'll tell you. When you're ready to listen, I'll tell you what you need to hear. And God's just trying to get our attention. So you're willing. So I'll lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. And I'll fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And verse, verse 5, we'll wrap up with this verse. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is where we started today. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. In the middle of my enemies, in the middle of the world around me, you prepare a feast. You come and you anoint my head. My cup is running over. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Worship team. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330 762 
You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so wonderful.